Hello, beautiful souls. You're listening to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and angel medium, Julie Jancis. As this episode airs, we are in the midst of COVID-19. Friends, this is tough stuff. There is discomfort and frustration for some, loss and grief for others. And while we're not here to minimize anyone's pain, in the midst of all of it, there is also beauty, love, grace, and compassion in the coming together, kind actions, and rebuilding. We can all see so clearly now that what impacts just one person on one side of the world can impact everyone everywhere. We feel oneness and empathy for one another like never before. This is a massive shift, a global awakening. Allow it to shift and awaken you. Know that as you do, we're here for you, to pray with you, to share your stories, to shine some light, and to help in any way we can as you heal. If you'd like to work one-on-one with me, book a distance session, or take the Angel Reiki School online to develop your own unique spiritual gifts. If you want to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly, take my online angel communication e-course. Your angels want me to tell you that you're going to be okay. They want you to put together your own spirit team here on earth, a team of people and resources who can help you in every area where you need support. And we hope that you'll make us a part of your earthbound spirit team. Thank you for being here. Thank you for letting us be part of your healing journey. Now let's dive into the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm here today with Mary Rose Gutierrez. She is a student who came through the Angel Reiki School. She's also a psychiatric nurse that works with people. Mary Rose, is that right? Like right when they come into the hospital, when they have some psychiatric needs, they come through you first? You bet. Yeah, I work right in the emergency department. So if they're triaged with any kind of mental health um, stressor, then they come to us. Yep. That's beautiful. And I so understand that because I have been there through that myself. And as we talk about this, each time I always see that person that was there for me, mm-hmm. which uh, it's just an angel position to begin with. But I want to talk today about your spiritual awakening. And then I want to dive into your experience with angels, because as you are going through the school, Everybody in the group, in your cohort was like, you have to do a session with Mary Rose. You have to do a session with Mary Rose. She brings in all of the angels and it's just such a beautiful session. So I don't have many students work on me from the get-go because I am very protective of my energy and who works on my energy. And I want people to understand what they're doing before we work together. But I felt called to have a session with you, and it was just such an incredible session. It really helped me put together like, okay, this is exactly what Angel Reiki is. She got it. She's using it. And you even started your own business now from it. Mm-hmm. I have, yes. And that's just like in a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it resonated with me. I guess we'll just start off then by talking about what had happened in my so-called, you know, spiritual awakening or reawakening is what I like to call it now, because I feel that we all have intuition and intuitive 
gifts like you reinforce through your program. And really, it's just about discovering that and kind of peeling back, you know, all those filters of experiences that maybe have prevented us from from really recognizing it. So probably started two years ago when um, I felt myself becoming maybe more, I was starting to have feelings that were really foreign to me. So I was coming home from work generally more anxious. And even on days off when I would, you know, not even be at work, there would be times where I would feel like this kind of riveting energy inside of me. And I just couldn't understand what it was. And so, you know, I kind of gave myself the grace to acknowledge that maybe it was from stories that were happening from work. And then I really started to kind of take the same feedback and advice that I would give as a nurse. And so I really tried meditation and um, that seemed to work for me. And so I took it a step further and finished, you know, a meditation training and mindfulness teaching course just because it was that powerful. And to back up a little bit, I'm also a very spiritual person. So meditation for me is not necessarily just listening to guided, you know, meditations. It's also in the form of prayer. And so in one of my um, meditations or prayer, if you will, I all of a sudden began getting messages, not that I could see it or feel it or sorry, see it or hear it, but it was more just a knowing that I was getting messages from the divine. And so as I was getting these messages, I didn't really know how to understand it. And so I just tried to pray on it even more. And the more I kind of tried to pray and say, you know, I don't know that this is correct or right. I almost tried to pray it away. It kept coming back stronger and the messages came through more. And so I stumbled upon Reiki because I thought maybe this is just energy that I need to move through me, that it was just more awareness of where I was at and feelings. And so I did a traditional Usui Reiki program, got my you know master accreditation there. And then I, for whatever reason, as I began meditating, they, I kept getting the message, keep going. There's something more. There's something more. I'm completely unaware of how exactly I stumbled upon your podcast, but I did. And then from there, everything kind of like fell into place. I learned about your background. I binged all of your shows and I said, this was kind of the missing link. This was the spiritual aspect of just energy healing, you know, mental health therapy from my, from my actual background. And it brought everything together. And that's how I kind of, that's how I kind of came. It, it, it just helped me through listening to you understand why I was feeling what I was feeling, um, helped me process that. And so that really is my story. That's so awesome. And I remember the first time you and I talked, you were like, okay, so I just went through the Yusui program, Yusui Reiki. And so I'm not looking to go through another Reiki program. What's the difference between Reiki and angel Reiki? Mm -hmm. How would you describe it? Because now you get it, but mm -hmm. at the beginning, sometimes it's hard to explain. So how would you describe the difference? The difference for me is I feel like angel Reiki is really more tapping into your intuition. I don't think it really has so much to do with the angels itself, but it's more just guidance from the divine, which we all know is, you know, your soul, it's your intuition, you're listening to it. And once you decide, because I really do feel it's a decision that you make to open up 
and be a channel to receive messages, then they just come through. I knew before it was almost like in the beginning, there was a block that I was unsure that I could do that. Once you can go and unpack all of those limiting beliefs, then it really comes through to help you work in this way. So when you were going through and you were working on volunteers, because you have to work on four volunteers for each level through the course in Angel Reiki, how how soon did messages start coming through for you? Because I feel like it was pretty soon, Mm. like almost that first week, right? Yeah, they were. And in hindsight, um, I probably minimized some of the messages that I thought were coming through because what I wanted to do is I just needed validation is all I really wanted in the first week was validation to know that the messages were relevant. And so every time I, how I conduct the sessions is I'll pray over the person's name in the morning. And then when I go and write down whatever messages spirit shows me, they often to me don't seem like they would be any messages of direct healing. Like they wouldn't make any sense to me, but the minute you would bring it through Sometimes those messages were just validation for the client and I that yes, this is this is real. There's no way that I could have made this stuff up. Um, it was really just the angels I feel or our spirit in the first week, just really validating for me and the clients that that this wasn't something that I could have made up. Yeah, one hundred percent. And that's what we talk about the, in the course too, right? Is in order to get that extra validation, spending time in the morning in prayer with connecting with that person's spirit team and connecting with their energy to just make sure that you have information so that when you go into that volunteer session, you don't have to just start from scratch, that you already have some some information to bring through. And I love validating information too, because you know how Teresa Caputo says it never gets old. It truly mm. never gets old. Do you still like have that feeling of, I know you're only like six months in right now, but I always still get that feeling when Mm -hmm. spirit comes in with a big validation of like, wow, yeah, you can't make this stuff up. It's just so here. It's so present and you can feel like just the divine energy of it. Mm -hmm. Yes, I always do. It doesn't matter how small or big the aha, you know, moment is in any session. I could bring something through like the other day I was working on a client and for whatever reason, Barrett showed me or told me just mention mangoes. And it was something that she had just been eating over and over. And it, I don't know that it was really a message for healing, but it was just something to say, like, how could I have known that? How could spirit have showed me that if it wasn't relevant to, to the client or I, but I think the biggest thing is intention. I go into every session with the intention of wanting to heal. And so I feel that whether it doesn't matter kind of what modality of healing you conduct, if the intentions come from a place of pure love and healing, I don't think the universe or spirit has really any other choice but to give you that and bring it through. Yeah. I always say intention is free will in motion. So Mm -hmm. it's the energy of free will in the motion uh, that we're intending. So I want to dive into the angels because there haven't been that many students who have come through the program that work with the abundance of just all of the angels. So when you work with the other side, you have the gifts of seeing, hearing, feeling, and getting a knowingness. And what happens is uh, for those listening, you use all of those, but to varying degrees. So Talk to people and let them know because your story is just so beautiful, Mary Rose. 
how do the angels come through to you when you first started? Were you just working with a couple of them and then more stepped in? How has that shifted for you? What does that look like? Well, in the beginning for me, I know that the minute I would close my eyes in meditation in the first week, I would always get a color. So it would either be, you know, a blue, a pink, a purple. And for me, I didn't really know anything about colors of aura. And so I knew that didn't resonate for me. But what I did have a better understanding of was the angels and the archangels in particular. And so for me, an archangel will present themselves to me first in color. So say, for example, Archangel Michael, which, you know, some people may know a lot of, he will usually present himself to me with a blue, with just blue in general. And then he'll make his way to me in my mind's eye with an angel that is built with armor. And so all of the archangels that I see usually have some some kind of armor on them. And to me, they present as quite large in my mind's eye. If it is, say, a guardian angel or another angel, they aren't as dominant in my mind's eye. And it's all about the feeling that I get. So it's about feeling into their energy. And archangels, for me, their energy is very different than, say, a guardian angel. And so that's that's how I can decipher. I love that. I don't see color, but I do get the presence. And you're right. The presence of an archangel is a different high vibration, very high vibrational, also just very grand, very like expansive. Mm -hmm. And I think for everybody listening, the greatest thing that you could work on from home is just seeing everything as vibrational frequency. So everything that has a name, what is that name? We name something in order to communicate what it is, but it also holds a vibrational frequency. So a phone holds a vibrational frequency. A cup of tea holds a vibrational frequency. Going out to lunch with your girlfriends is a vibrational frequency. Getting together with your mom, your mom has a vibrational frequency. And a lot of times what I find when I'm in sessions or when I'm teaching students in the Angel Reiki School is the more and more you can hone in on what that vibrational frequency is that you're feeling, it comes to you in a session. So the vibrational frequency of mangoes was with you in that session, and maybe you could see it. A lot of times when the angels step in too, you can see like a, an outline, like a silhouette. I see loved ones as silhouettes as well. They just have a different silhouette to them. And the archangels have a different silhouette than guardian angels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly how I see it as well. That's awesome. So Mary Rose, tell us an angel story that kind of has come to you with big validation. They're saying that you have a, a story that was validating as you went through to start doing this work yourself, that you've gotten bigger validation, that you're right where you're supposed to be. Tell us about that. I would say that the angels really, or spirit to me, has really just came through and communicating in different ways. And so when I first was asking for signs or for validation, um, the way that the angels really communicate to me is through numbers. They still do. There is not a day 
And I kid you not, within the last, I would say, month that I haven't seen like a triple of something, whether it's a time that I see or a license plate or even a receipt where, you know, it'll be $222 or, you know, $333, I'll always get something. But as I've been going through the program, or even now into my, you know, building this business is that I'm constantly asking for validations. And I say a little prayer to myself or, or to God saying, you know, show me the steps, continue to guide me. And if in the morning, I want to ask for a specific thing as a sign, like if it's like a frog or something, it will come through. And there's been multiple times where it has, and it's not that I want to test spirit, but it's just to show me that, yes, they're here, they're present, they're hearing me, they understand that I'm taking this seriously, it's something that I want. And so, so yeah, I feel that they're always coming to me. I see them in my dreams a lot now. My dreams are becoming more vivid. They will actually show me whether it's letters or people on the other side for messages. There's just countless ways that I receive validation. Um, about guidance on, you know, on what the next steps are. And I think it's because I I literally will ask every day, continue to guide me spirit can, you know, make me a channel for healing. I'm ready. I'm willing to do my part. And day after day, they come through over and over in different ways. So when it comes to signs, what I believe is happening is that spirit is working with so many people that there has to be like an army, right, of light workers out there. And so many students that I work with will say, but there's so many people doing this work in my area. But if you look at the world and if you look at everything that's happening right now, there's still not enough people helping. And so there are so many people who are being called to either awaken or to help serve in some way. And that can be in any area of work. You could be a lawyer, you could be a doctor, you could be a therapist. Any work that really calls to you is work that you can do God's work in and help others. It's just a matter of going back to that word intention and what we intend to happen. So if you're seeing those numbers, another good resource for you is Joanne Sacred Scribes Number Index. You can Google that, Joanne Sacred Scribes Number Index. And each number sequence that you keep seeing keeps repeating for you. You can go over there, check it out. What I have seen happen over and over again is that the numbers will change. So when I first started doing this work, it was the 111 or 1111 over and over and over again. Then it changed to the fours and then it changed to 4343 uh, that I would see everywhere. So the number patterns can change and every time you see them change, Go back to Joanne Sacred Scribe's number index. She's channeled out the meaning for every number sequence. And it's really fun to look at those. And they'll be just spot on for what's happening in your life. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mary Rose, you and I have talked before because a lot of people that I work with to work in the professional, like therapeutic sense, um, helping people. And... There are so many people who are doctors and therapists and counselors and psychiatrists who are channeling all day long. Do you see that in your work as well? 
Yeah, I would have to say that even before I took um, your program, I was speaking to another, you know, spiritual mentor who said that really the reason why I was kind of coming into this awakening is because I could use my intuition and this work in also in my professional career. And at first, of course, that kind of made me scared. But then when I was led to you, and I knew that people in my cohort were also other professionals, and even in the past, you know, hearing that some were attorneys or people working, you know, in the hospitals, I was kind of like, what is happening that everyone is is called here to you to do this? And how can I, you know, straddle both of this world in my professional in my professional career. And so I think it was probably week three or four when I kind of got the download as well as a message saying that you can do this in, in your work as a psychiatric nurse. They told me basically to do exactly what I do in a traditional angel Reiki session um, and to just and to see what comes. And so what would happen for me at work is I would be sitting, I would get a page um, and usually what happens is we get a triage um, note of, of the presenting complaint that a patient has come through. And so I tested it out. I think it was week three where I wouldn't read anything about the patient. All I would read is their name. And I knew I would get a page and I would say a little prayer and I would say, okay, hey God, they've, you've brought me this person on my shift. What is it that I need to know? What is it that I need to know for healing? And I would go into the session almost blindly or, or, you know, into the interview blindly. And there has been so many times now where I would even see angels appear over the right or left shoulder. They would tell me if a patient, say, was maybe minimizing something about their story and where to navigate the conversation, which I would have never known to listen to in the past. And so um, one example was when a patient came through and she worked a really highly stressful job and she came in with high anxiety and she primarily said that the reason she was anxious was because of um, her job. And for whatever reason, even before I went into the session, spirit showed me a baby and I had no idea what it meant. And I'm always very cautious about bringing through any messages of infants or babies, because as someone myself, who's had trouble having kids initially, I know it's a very sensitive topic. And so um, we do a full physical health assessment as well as a psychiatric assessment. And in the physical health assessment, you know, part of it is asking, you know, if she's ever been pregnant before. So I went through that, that part thinking that something might have come through or triggered because I saw a baby. And so I said, any chance or have you ever been pregnant before? She said no. And so then I immediately just thought, okay, maybe that wasn't it. So after we were talking about her stressors, I said, you know, anything else that could be contributing to why you're so anxious? And she immediately broke down in tears. And I had no idea what it was. And she basically said that she wanted to start having kids. And, and I was like, oh, okay. And all of a sudden I kind of perked up and I knew to navigate that more or to kind of ask about it more. And so what she said basically was that she was wanting to have kids. And so she went to the doctor to make sure everything was okay. And she went for an exam and they actually came back with kind of like abnormal cells in her, in her exam. And that the doctor actually wanted her to hold off on having children. 
and she was devastated by it. And that's actually what was creating more of her anxiety. And so we did process a little bit about a little bit about that, but I would have never known to go there. And I probably would have wrote up the full psychiatric assessment thinking the only trigger for her anxiety was work when really there was this, this other, you know, this other prominent stressor that she probably would have never even really surfaced had I not listened to, to spirit, my intuition and kind of went there. Yeah. 100%. That's amazing. And you know what? I'm being guided to tell everybody, and I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I want to go back to what I was talking about before with the vibration, that what you were seeing when you were reading her chart, when you were seeing the baby or feeling the baby, think about how you read a book. When you are reading a book, you are seeing, yes, with your eyes, the words on the paper, but within you, you are saying the words to yourself with your own internal dialogue. So you're hearing the words. And if something is very descriptive within the book, you might see a picture of it within your imagination. And if something is very emotional within the book, a character passes away, you're going to feel the heartbreak within your heart chakra. If you get a sense of knowing, oh my gosh, this is where the book's going. This is what's going to happen. That is another way that information can come through to you. All of those are things that you automatically do when you're reading a book. It's just a matter of maybe you do more seeing or more hearing or more knowingness than the other three. They all come to you in different percentages. What Spirit is saying to tell everybody listening is that that's why they call it a reading because everything has a vibrational frequency. So a baby has a vibrational frequency and that's what you are tapping into. You are seeing it within your third eye, which is really your imagination. It's an energy tool. So let's say that for everybody listening, I want you to get an idea of what your favorite dinner is. Just think about your favorite dinner, your favorite meal. That meal has a vibrational frequency to it. So when you feel called to eat that, it's with you. The vibrational frequency of the meal is with you. When you go to call somebody, mom, dad, friend, the vibration of that person is with you in your auric field. And it's really no different as if they were standing right in front of you. It's the same as when you work with the other side, that your angels are with you or loved ones are with you or different topics that they want to guide us on to work through with you. They're going to be with us. That's how you see. That's how a reading works. And then, you know, it's just leading that conversation in that way that you want it to go. And not just that, because there's so much more that goes into it, which is why we go through it for so long in the Angel Reiki School. But I'm so proud of you, Mary Rose, and all that you've been able to do and accomplish in this short time. It's just incredible. Thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been quite the ride. I think that your program actually just really gave me the confidence to to actually believe this to be true for me as it was for you. So, yeah, it's been so exciting. 
Yay. Yay. Um, so talk to me too, because there's so much happening. And for those who have been listening to the podcast for a long time, you know that I had my own psychiatric stay in a hospital uh, five years ago. I want to go into this though. Are you seeing, and, and obviously no, no personal you know, things about people, but just generalities, are you seeing an uptick with everything happening with COVID-19 of just pe- people and where they are at emotionally? Is there an uptick of emotional stressors and people coming into the hospital for that reason? Yeah. I mean, you know, unfortunately there has been many people who've presented um, to the, you know, urgent services or emergency who have no psychiatric, you know, history at all. And really just because of the state of the world of the collective, if you will, it's just creating more, you know, anxiety um, and making them maybe feel more fearful or more down and kind of depressed about what might happen. And so I, f- I feel like there's a lot of people wishing things could be the way they were. And there's, those are generally the people who, you know, look back on things and present as more depressed or for the people who try and anticipate what's going to happen in the future. And those are the people who are generally more anxious, but, you know, one thing that's alarming, however, is the amount of younger clientele that I'm seeing now. So I'm talking more like adolescents who are, who are just feeling the weight of what's happening and the uncertainty is really, really triggering for them. I was just talking with a client the other day who's a teacher, who's been a teacher. Uh, she's graduating or not graduating. She's retiring this year. And she was saying the exact same thing, that what she has seen as a high school teacher is that it used to just be kids in high school who would start to have uh, psych- psychiatric stays. But what she saw was that it's happening earlier and earlier and earlier, even end of elementary, beginning of middle school now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that w- that is true. I think even prior to go f- to COVID, I think what's sometimes happening with our younger population is that they're just not built with the same tools of resiliency for whatever reason. And I'm not, I can't pinpoint exactly what that might be, but I know that there, there are a lot of younger people who just don't, who can't seem to kind of process any kind of stress um, effectively. And so, yeah, there's a surge definitely with the younger population. So I have not taken time to work this uh, message through my mind. I am just saying it raw and let's just kind of work through it together here. This came to me though a couple of weeks ago and I don't know exactly what the right direction is when it comes to spirituality and for people who don't find, like we don't take our daughter to church, right? Because I had so many misconceptions from church that hurt my life in so many different ways that I don't want her to see that or to feel that. And I believe that there's still so much patriarchy within the church that I'm not okay with that I don't want her to have misconceptions in that way. I'm not saying that church is bad. Those are just like, I I think that you can be a faith-filled person and I work with God every day, but those are just my beliefs. It's so hard, though, to raise a child right now in New Age or spirituality in general 
because there isn't just like one doctrine to teach from. And perhaps that's a good thing, but I'm also wondering if it contributes to this younger generation not having something to grasp onto. Because when I was going through such a hard time as an eighth grader with my parents' divorce, and really for three years leading up to it before they even got divorced, I really held on to my faith. And I held on to it so strongly because it was the only thing that was really seeing me through. Do you think that there's any correlation there? Yeah. I mean, I definitely do think that any child or or youth even needs to believe in something greater than just them or even their parents, some kind of spiritual I don't even know how to word it, but I just believe that they need to believe that there's something bigger than them that can pull them through whatever tough time there is. I mean, it's easier as adults to process experiences as just information. And so what we usually will say now, you know, what I usually say is that all, everything that happens to us, all experiences, it really happens for us and not to us. And so what that means, it's just a, it's just a reflection for us on the work that we need to do. So for whatever reason, if a child is, you know, feeling fearful, you know, that their parents are going through a divorce, what is that doing for them? What is that mirroring back to them? And really, it's just a reflection of their fear of instability. What is going to happen now? What I knew to be true for me is kind of being shattered. And so really, if they feel that way, it's just a mirror. It's just kind of, you know, reflecting back to them on what is my greatest fear. Let me unpack that with somebody safe who I trust and kind of go from there. So any feelings that somebody has are never right or wrong. Um, They should never be judged. They should just be, you know, it's just bringing awareness to the person um, to say, what kind of work do I need to do? Where is that fear coming from? And even in the energy world, they'll say, you know, where do I feel that? So for a lot of kids who come in, they originally don't come in with anxiety or depression. They come in with a bellyache or they come in with chronic headaches or they come in with other physical manifestations like they haven't been sleeping. And so they'll initially say it's just more of a medical issue. And once, you know, the eMERGE doctors clear them medically, then they come to us and we kind of get to the root of it. And so, you know, I believe that to be true hundred percent. If there's something that's emotionally stressing us, it's going to manifest itself, you know, in a physical way, it's going to, you know, perhaps make places in our, even in our chakras. If, if people can understand that language, it will make it more intense. It will add layers to those chakras and until we can lift them, you know, and then block them, then it's really difficult for, for anyone to kind of come through. So now you've worked with more kids than I am. And you and I have talked about the inner child, uh, just personally, you and I offline ourselves. And I'm wondering, and I think this is true, children have inner childs too. Oh, yes. I believe that from the day, like from infancy, we're hardwired to even just connect. That's, that's what, that's how kids thrive. Like children, infants, we thrive off of connection. And, you know, as kids, the first point of connection is really through touch. And so if you, for whatever reason, couldn't bond or do the skin to skin or whatever they're saying now with your caregiver, whoever that may be, that immediately will cause kind of a detachment and kind of fear. And, you know, if that continues, how does 
how does it then set that infant or child up for later in life? Will they feel, you know, will they feel safe enough to be close to someone? Will they hold their guard up? Will they maybe not show emotion because they weren't, they didn't receive that? Um, Will they even have the skills to show the emotion if it was not shown to them first? And so I feel that, especially from a younger age, that we all have inner childs, like right off the bat. Absolutely. And how do you like to, with your clients, work through that inner child issues that might come up? How do you go really deep with your clients? Sometimes it's a lot of explanation because a lot of people don't like to believe that they've kind of gone through their whole life making decisions and reacting based on what has happened to them younger in life. And it's until you really explain to them that how we make decisions now and how we react to certain things happens through the different filters and experiences we've had in our life. So for example, if, you know, we grew up in a very, you know, poor household, we may feel the need to, you know, save and hang on to every penny, but that's just because of the experience we have. So we may live in um, a world of scarcity because that's all we knew. That's our lens. Our lens is you hold on to it because you might not always have it, whereas it might be different for somebody else. And so the one thing I like to tell all my clients is that we can't change our childhood, but we can change the relationship with the child within you. And so that really goes back to, you know, people call it reparenting, people call it inner child work, however you want to call it. It just goes back to going to those moments that triggered you, unpacking the beliefs that maybe are not true, and then just really examining them saying, were those my thoughts or were there somebody else's? Are these patterns or narratives in my head true for me? Or was it something that was taught to me? And sometimes that takes, you know, a few sessions for someone to really recognize. And, you know, if you don't want to say inner child, I can even take it from a more mental health perspective. We, we, teaching you know, well we one of the modalities of healing is cognitive behavioral therapy and one of the premises of cognitive behavioral therapy is that they're based on like irrational thoughts and cognitive distortions so cognitive distortions are basically irrational thoughts and beliefs um, that we unknowingly reinforce over time and really with you know CBT is that you go back and you try and unlearn them But the first step is you need to become aware of those thoughts. You need to understand and become aware of where they are. You don't judge them. You just become aware of them, of those false assumptions. And then you try and relearn them. You replace them or, you know, you become the parent that you needed to be when you were younger um, in order for you to gain those skills. Because in my experience, anyways, with patients and even within myself, your inner child is always going to want to come out. And I think that on a spiritual level, that's only because we were always meant to live a life of abundance, which means that your inner child is always going to nag at you. And it's always going to bring you experiences that's going to push you into your truth. And so 
the way I look at it, it's like, if we're talking to our child and we say something, you know, one time and they don't hear us, we kind of raise our voice and then we say it louder or even a kid, if they don't get their way, they will get loud. They'll throw a tantrum. The same thing happens with our inner child in the sense that it just gets louder. They're just going to get louder. And the experiences come over and over and over again until we're able to acknowledge them and say, yes, okay. And, and sometimes I think of life as like, like a video game. And I know that other people have thought of it as, as well as where you kind of get to one level and then you have to pass all these kind of like tests or lessons and then you can get to the next level. I think that the inner child is with you at all levels and it's saying, okay, yeah, I, I've kind of passed this test. I know, I recognize, I've done the work, I've healed it, I've unblocked it, however you want to call it. And then you up level. And really life is about just you getting to your most abundant life, to speaking your truth. And your inner child is going to constantly, you know, nag at you, I think, until you can heal it because it wants to be heard. There's so much of us who want to be seen for who we are and want to be heard. But if we were brought up where, you know, some of our thoughts maybe weren't accepted or they weren't, you know, nourished, like how do we ever go through life feeling safe to do that if as a child, you know, some of our ideas were never really validated? 100% agree. I, I want to go into this deeper though, because I think that we need to rephrase the word abundance. What does abundance mean to you? I think abundance means for me, really just stepping into your soul's purpose. And so abundance for some people may mean like freedom or, you know, the freedom to just express themselves. That could be they're living their most abundant life. Whereas other people might see it as, you know, more in terms of wealth and like having the luxurious things that maybe they could never have when they were younger. Maybe that's what they consider abundance. Or some people just think abundance is love, you know, like having loved ones around you, having those people in your life who can, you know, be there for you. And so I think it, I think it depends upon the person on how they define abundance for them. Yeah, I really agree with that. I think one of the misconceptions that I really want to work through and tell me what you think of this, because I really want your opinion. There's so many people who have been spouting and I use the word manifestation, but it's really to get people in to talk about co-creation because the one difference between manifestation and co-creation is intention. And what 2020 has really brought to me as I've been unpacking myself and, and all that there is to me and my inner child is that we go through these different layers of our lives and maybe we see abundance at differently at different points. I think one of the biggest questions that we have to ask at each intersection though, is this how I define abundance or is this how society defines abundance? Because they can be so different and what society wants for us and what we want really for ourselves can be two totally separate things. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that that goes back to, you know, like I said, even with CBT, are these beliefs mine? Are they true for me or are they something that was, you know, passed on from generation to generation in my culture? Or is it what society is saying is abundant? And it's so difficult because we're kind of 
bombarded with so many different perceptions of what it is, but really it's about getting still and looking within. I mean, every time somebody says, I'm unsure, you know, in a session, I'm unsure about this. I don't know what to do. It's almost as if, you know, I always say like, it's within you. You just need to take the time to really, you know, recognize whether it's in you. And if you want to go back to the vibration, you'll feel it. You'll know it. Like you'll know, you'll know the moment you ask yourself a question, if it resonates with you or not inside. And I feel that that, that is what vibration is. You'll feel that frequency within you if it's right for you, or if it's something that was learned. Yeah. Passed down. You know what? Can I tell you something though? When I went in, cause I had a friend who I told who I, I was having suicidal thoughts and mm-hmm. she drove me to the ER and when she drove me, I remember that first nurse coming in to sit down and go through all the questions like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I was so scared and I was so scared. You know, looking back on it, it's so clear to me now that everything that I wanted to go for in my life, I was too afraid to speak in my marriage. I was too afraid to speak loudly at work. I was too afraid to leave work to start this business. I was scared to let myself even daydream about all the possibilities that were out there. That resonance was very confusing at that time. Like, what did I resonate with? Because I was so stuck in but this is who I'm supposed to be because this mm-hmm. is who society says I'm supposed to be. And this is success. Yes, I completely agree. And, and hindsight is always 2020, but I think that's why it is so important for people to do inner child work, or I don't know like how they really phrase it in the therapy world, but I think that you really need to go back and really recognize if these belief systems are true because you know, how we, how can we continue to move on if we're going to continue to make decisions based on our programming, based Mm -hmm. on these belief systems, which are irrational and false, even we're never going to find ourselves happy. And in fact, I think that's when people are most lost when they do everything right. It's almost like, you know, I'll get, I'll get people in their twenties and thirties and said, you know, I did everything right. I did everything right. I went to school. I went to, you know, I got a college degree. I'm in my profession. I'm making good money. What is happening? Like, why do I still feel lost? And when you can kind of take the time in therapy or through inner child or, you know, through the work that we do to really unpack that and say, who said though, that that was the right way for you? What if your right way was a different way? What if we stopped at you know, college and didn't go through this, you know, straight lace profession to get you, you know, this job that was secure. What if you could have done something differently? What would it be? Chances are they're always going to take a different path. And really when they come to that crossroads or that point in their life where they are feeling lost, it's really just kind of God calling them up and calling them on their stuff and saying, okay, yeah, you have done everything, but now you're going to actually step into what you were here to do your soul's purpose. And, and, you know, even through my own personal experience, I think that's exactly what it is. I think as I was praying, as I was trying to figure out what was wrong for me, there was a sense of guilt because, you know, God had given me everything I wanted from a young kid, from a young girl, I would always go to church. And my mom always said this, like where 
if we went to a new church, you would like get down on your knees and you would make three wishes essentially. And my wishes were always like, I just want to have like a family. I just want to be a mom. I want to be a mom and I want to have a husband that's going to treat me the same way dad treats you. That's exactly what I wanted. And he gave me everything. And over the past two years, I was going through this awakening. I always felt like something was missing. And there was a lot of shame and guilt around that in my relationship with God, because how could I feel like something was missing when everything was already given to me? And the more I unpacked it, it was almost like this was it. I knew I was meant to help people, but it wasn't supposed to be just in one way. It was actually supposed to be in this other way. And that's when, you know, that's when God kind of gave me you. And so whether you call that manifestation or whether you call that, you know, just listening to your intuition, it was really what I was making myself an energetic match for. It's like, I finally believed it to be true for me that I could do something greater or do something different that more resonated with me. And then, and then things fell into place and and you were very much a part of that, that story. Oh, <laughs> you know, I think you said something so powerful that I want the listeners to grasp onto, which is when you tell yourself you can't do something, you're not allowing yourself to daydream about the possibilities. When you say to yourself, yeah, maybe I could, or yeah, I'm going to, boom, you know, this door lifts. Uh, it's like one of those castle, those big castle doors I see it as. It lifts within your mind and you are able to daydream about the possibilities. And daydreaming or imagining is our energetic tool for creating and going into that next chapter of our lives. So if there is something that's calling to you, what your angels really want to bring through in today's podcast is don't shut yourself down by saying, no, you can't think about this or no, you can't daydream about this. There shouldn't be anything in your life where you trap yourself into this hole that you can't get out of. Every area of your life is changeable and moldable and fixable. And if there is something that you're wanting to daydream about, allow yourself to research it and look at all the possibilities. And when you do that, you will hone in and zero in on, ah, this is what resonates with me. And then you'll know that's where I'm supposed to go. That's the path I'm supposed to take. Yes, I completely agree. hundred percent. I feel like it needs to be a decision that you make. And once that decision is made and the belief system is behind it, like I said, I just, I don't feel that like there, it has no choice, but to show up once you make that decision, then the universe, God, whatever it may be, the, the vibrational frequency of that belief of those imaginations, that's what the universe hears. And that's, and that's what they want to rearrange and have happen for you. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. You know what? I said one more thing, but I do have one more thing. Spiritual bypassing. You know, we, we had mentioned, and I think it's so hard because right now, um, like you and I have been doing this work for so long of just like working one-on-one with people. And there are just concepts and phrases that we use 
where there is so much truth to it, but maybe we just have to rephrase. And I think at some point in the podcast, I wrote it down. um, We said that we go through things for a reason. And I really feel like this is the year of drilling into people that it's all about discernment too, that we're not saying that if you went through something horribly traumatic, that there was a reason to it. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I completely understand. It's hard, you know, to say, I mean, I, on one hand, do believe that all experiences happen for us and really not to us. And that's really just to show us a different way. Sometimes it's just to show contrast on what might not be working. It's an opportunity for us to shift and put on a different lens. It's almost like the universe spirit is showing us something on, you know, you know, what might not be working. Um, But then I never premise that I don't, I don't believe that it applies to people who have traumatic things happen to them. I don't believe that they asked for that. I I don't believe that that is something that happens to them on purpose. And so in that sense, I almost feel like that's kind of an exclusion. Like I don't believe that people need to be abused or, or, you know, that things need to be, things need to happen for them in order to step into their truth. Um, I would say that's kind of like exclusion from, from this. Yeah. And I think we're all still as healers trying to figure out the right terms and right words, but I don't want anybody uh, who's listening to the podcast to to get triggered by that phrase, like everything happens for a reason, because there is discernment and there are exclusions and we're just learning how to rephrase that in a way. But there is so much when you look at it and you say, you know, I went through my parents' divorce and I can look back and say, I would not be the person that I am today if I had not gone through that. So there are so many cases where it does create our path and it does help us to become the people that we are today and look back at and help pull other people up. Yeah, no, I agree. I I believe that in my sessions, or even in my work, there really hasn't been anyone that I couldn't relate to on a personal level, um, that I probably wouldn't have been an effective, you know, practitioner, had I gone through those experiences that I perceive to be really negative and and as a, a struggle. So yeah, I do believe that things, you know, do happen to us or brought to us so we can also help others. Yeah. Mary Rose, I wish that everybody knew you as well as I do because you are such a gift from God to this world. And I'm so excited to see where you take things in your professional career and in your new business because you are doing such amazing work here. And I am just so, I feel so blessed that God brought us together. So thank you for being here. And please tell people where they can find you if they want to connect. So I have my website, so it's um, www.withmaryrose.com or I'm on Instagram um, at withmaryrose. Yay. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Friends, if you'd like to hear from your angels and loved ones on the other side, book a one-on-one session via phone, FaceTime, or Zoom. You can also work with me one-on-one when you register to take the Angel Reiki School online to develop and use your own unique spiritual gifts. If you're just looking to be able to connect with your own personal angels, the Angel Communication online course will teach you how to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly. 
Friends, if you get benefit from this podcast, please subscribe, rate us five stars, and ask a friend to listen. Don't forget to look in the show notes to see the winner of this month's free drawing. You're entered into the drawing when you write a five-star positive review and email it over to us so that we know how to contact you when you win. Now, if you have time, I want you to pause and do some energy work with me for a moment to lighten, clear, and reset your own energy. To start, I want you to take two deep breaths. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Friends, as I walk you through this, I want you to use your imagination as an energy tool. Friends, your imagination isn't something that's not real. Your imagination is what every human being uses to create physical reality. How does a painter know what to paint? How does a sculptor know what to sculpt? How does a writer know what to write? They see it all within their mind, within the imagination, before it flows through them and is created within physical reality. Friends, I want you to start by seeing yourself surrounded by thousands of angels. These are all angels that work directly for God and they circle around you. They have this light, airy, warm, yummy presence to them. And my friends, they are simply pure love and they radiate their love from their being to yours. I want you to take a moment to just breathe deeply in and out as you see and feel the presence of all of these angels surrounding you, sending their love and light energy to you. Friends, next, I want you to see yourself surrounded by your loved ones on the other side. Your angels haven't gone anywhere. They're still right there, but now steps in your loved ones on the other side. Greet them. Welcome them. Take a moment within your imagination to give them the biggest hug and kiss. Friends, as we do this healing work together, I want you to see that every single being that is surrounding you is just surrounding you because they are connected to God and they want to help you as a soul here on earth to lift your energy, to make it lighter, to take any heaviness out of your aura, chakras, and body. 
in order for them to help you with this, what I want you to do is voice to them. See yourself in your imagination telling your angels, your loved ones on the other side, God energy of course is there too. Tell them what you are afraid of. I want you to be specific and explain your fears to them now. Now, friends, I want you to see your loved ones and angels on the other side comforting you, holding you, wiping away your tears. I want you to see them telling you that you're going to be okay. Your family is going to be okay. I want you to see them showing you in their way from the other side that they are there helping you every step of the way and that they will never, ever leave your side. Friends, I want you to see or feel God energy, this pure white radiant light pouring down from above over you. And as you feel this pure love and light, this gentle waterfall just pouring over your head, filling your body, filling your auric field to the outside of you, filling every inch of your being around you. I want you to feel that as this light energy comes in, the highest vibration that is as it gently pours into your being, I want you to feel how all the heaviness within you just releases. With the snap of your finger, God takes every ounce of heavy, low vibrational energy within you. And with that snap of the finger, God turns all of it into the highest vibration, love, light energy. Friends, I want you to imagine within your imagination, your DNA strand. Now, the way that spirit shows me the DNA and what it looks like is if you could imagine that double helix and that within that double helix are millions or billions of doors and windows. And those doors and windows open and close. And as they do, some serve your highest health and good some do not. What I want you to do is say this prayer with me. My friends, this energy work does not have to take a lot of time. You're going to hear me say, use the snap of your fingers because within that snap of the fingers, your intention shifts the energy within your body. So you can say it 
but please believe it. Know like you know like you know within your heart that you are changing the energy, the frequency within you to be pure, complete health. So say this little prayer with me now. God, please close all the doors and windows to my DNA that don't serve my highest health. With a snap of your fingers, see those doors and windows close. And God, please open all the doors and windows to my DNA that do serve my highest health. See those doors and windows open with a snap of your fingers. What I want you to do now is see yourself healthier than ever come September of this year daydream, visualize about what that health looks like and feels like to you within your body come September of this year. Take a moment to do this work right now and I'll come back to you with my voice in one minute. Friends, I want you to believe like you believe like you believe that you, your family, your friends, you are protected. You are safe. You are secure. Your angels are looking out for you. God is looking out for you. Your loved ones are looking out for you. See yourself as healthier than ever come September of this year. Now I want you to pray with me for a moment for everyone else. God Please protect our nurses, doctors, and all healthcare professionals around the world. God, may you give each of them strength and protect them. God, please also protect all people who work in grocery stores, food service, or delivery. God, may you give each of them the strength and protection that they need. For all people who are suffering from COVID-19 themselves, God, may you take care of them and heal all who are able to be healed. Surround them with your divine protection. Surround them with angels and help every cell within their body to become completely 100% healthy again. God, for every person who has lost a job or had their income reduced, please clearly show them the path to healing, safety, security, Whisper to them in their hearts the direction that you would have them go. God, for every child on this planet, please help them to receive the attention, love, nurturing, and care that they so desperately need. God, please surround them with angels and allow them to feel the divine presence of your love and warmth. For those filled with hatred, God, 
we ask you to transmute that hate within their hearts into love energy and we ask you to open up their hearts to make shifts and positive changes to help them raise their vibration and everyone who is helping with the COVID-19 effort a response in some way God please be with each person who needs your strength clearly guide them and protect them with whatever they need at this time friends finally i want you to visualize thanksgiving of this year i want you to take a moment of silence to experience this daydream within your mind see every single family member and friend and loved one there at the dinner table see them happy healthy feel the gratitude of this thanksgiving beyond any other thanksgiving in the past gratitude for being all together gratitude for all being healthy gratitude for the lessons learned gratitude for the relationships that grew deeper and the love that is between you all again my friends see your spirit team on the other side telling you that you are going to be okay see them helping you my friends god loves you your spirit team loves you i love you open up your heart like french doors to all of the unexpected blessings that they're trying to bring into your life right now may you go forth with your day feeling lighter and living in the high vibration that is god go forth in your day surrounded by angels and your spirit team on the other side protecting you allow yourself to just be allow yourself to live in the high vibrational frequency that is god and carry it with you throughout your day friends i have to have a disclaimer at the end this podcast is to educate inspire and entertain you on your personal journey towards health and happiness it is not intended to replace care best provided by qualified professionals and it is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.